Welcome to the Career Matters podcast. I'm your host Nisar Ahmed. Um, this is episode 62 of the Career Matters podcast, and this episode is part of the Leadership Expert series. Uh, in this particular series of over the last few episodes, I have brought on guests who are leadership coaches, uh, leadership consultants, and they have actually discussed ideas and strategies that you can use to take your career to the next level and if you're looking to hone your leadership skills uh, this series and this particular interview would be very much useful to you and for today's leadership expert series episode i am interviewing joel crawford uh, and her business is called crawford leadership strategies uh, hey joel uh, welcome to the podcast thanks for having me nasar you are welcome and uh, before we get on with the introduction uh, the first question i always ask my guests is where they are calling from So can you tell us where you're calling from? I'm calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I I'm sure people listening to this especially if they're listening uh from North America, they most people know where Philadelphia is. So it is one mm-hmm. of the largest and most prominent cities in the United States. Um could you share with us Uh, a fun fact or something interesting about Philadelphia that most people do not know unless they have been there. You know, um I found out this this fun fact recently is that Philadelphia was originally the capital of of what we now call United States of America, but it was originally the, the first capital um because that's where everything was happening and going on during, you know, the Declaration of Independence, the American Revolution and all of that. So I I thought that was very interesting. I thought that Washington DC, I never knew that that Washington DC wasn't the first capital. Um but when um the colonies were all coming together that Philadelphia was the capital and I was just like I I think it's personally since I live here I think it should still be the capital, but I'm just a little partial. <laughs> That's interesting because I personally did not know it was the first capital. I know I I consider myself a history buff. I love learning about history and what what are things that happened in the last 200 years. I know that Philadelphia carried a lot of significance uh, initially when the country was formed, but I did not know it was the first capital. There you go. That's why I ask these questions. So I learned something new as well. So the next question obviously uh, myself and the audience included would love to learn a little bit more about you. So if you can start us off tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came about mm-hmm. starting Crawford Leadership Strategies. Ah, so um I honestly did not have um dreams of becoming an entrepreneur. I'll tell you that. It kind of fell fell into my lap in a in a in an interesting kind of way. I worked um for 18 years at Verizon Wireless and a variety of different positions primarily in human resources and learning and development uh running the leadership development program there probably within about i would say 10 years 13 years and i was starting to feel antsy and and um felt that my vision and values were starting to kind of misalign with what the company was going with and i wasn't able to 
to reach other opportunities that I um, was exploring. And uh, my dad always told me, he said, when they stop promoting you, it's time for you to go. And so I was exploring all these different opportunities and looking at different um, career paths um, and usually was able to, to open those doors. But um, there were just some obstacles going on as well as um, the opportunity to just kind of manage my time the way I'd like to manage it. Um, so, uh, my now husband, my newly, newly wedded husband at the time, he was saying, you know, I think you should go into business for yourself. I mean, you, you coach and you mentor all of these people. You should just do it yourself. You know, you can get paid people get paid to do this and consult. And I was just like, okay. So I, uh, actually started Crawford leadership strategies in 2014 while working full time. Um, but I don't know if anyone else has tried to do this, but starting a business while working full time and giving 150% of yourself is a lot. Um, so I wasn't able to put a lot of energy into it. And as I was trying to be all things to all people, except for myself, I ended up burning myself out, um, in the process and, um, decided that it was time for me to, to, um, move forward and try to put my full energy into, my business. And so I retired early from Verizon Wireless um, on good terms. Everything was great. No bridges burned. Everything uh, was fantastic to start my business full time and put my energy in it and had a lot of support from Verizon in doing this. And I've been successfully full time uh, running my consulting and coaching practice uh, for the last uh, year and a half. And so I help uh, individuals figure things out. You know, they are if they're in transition, if they're brand new to the workforce, to try to help them figure out how to transition into the workforce. I've got a lot of clients who are mid-career who are trying to figure things out. Maybe want to bloom where they're planted um, and move throughout the ranks in that aspect and be a better coach and a leader in the in the workforce, or maybe transition out. Maybe there are some folks that may have been. Um, recently severed or laid off or who want to change careers all all together, I help them find some confidence and clarity in, in their direction. Um, and then I also like to train um, uh, leadership development courses as well and help other businesses and consult with helping them manage their lives and, and work out leadership development strategies and techniques and tools to be better leaders, as well as the self-care piece, which is something that I'm really big about. Um, and that's really important in leading your life and leading others. Uh, so <laughs> after I've listened to your intro, this first of all, before I ask any questions, a uh, few congratulations are in order. First of all, launching a business and a coaching practice on your own takes a lot of courage. <laughs> so you, you've completed a year. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, and the second thing you did mention that you're new, newly married. So uh, you, your wedding happened recently. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go back to two of the things that you mentioned in your introduction. The first, uh, and this, I wrote, actually wrote this down. Uh, when you said your dad told you that when they start, when they stop promoting you, it is time for you to go. I know the focus of our conversation is leadership, but I think that's mm -hmm. a great career advice for <laughs> anyone. And, and I, I was hoping if we can expand on that for a little bit before we mm -hmm. move on to leadership? Yeah, so I think there's two pieces to it. I think that there's a huge piece of, of responsibility in managing and driving your career. Uh, there's there's some, some folks 
kind of expect that because they've been in a place for a long period of time that they are entitled to be promoted because they've been there for, for long periods of time. And I think that that's a, that's a mistake. So there's, there's a lot of, of ownership and accountability and self-driven motivation to promote yourself um, and, and create the career path that you want in driving that career. But there's also the piece of the, um, of the opportunities for growth. And, and when you're looking at it, an organization, maybe potentially trying to move into an organization or within the organization that you're in, if there are um, very few opportunities to grow within that organization and develop, that's something to take into consideration. And that's what was happening. I was just, um, I wasn't able to move, grow anymore. You know, I had I'd kind of explored as many, knocked on as many doors and opened as many paths as I possibly could. And, and, um, it ran its course. And so when you outgrow something, you know, or, or when you've, um, you know, you've created a path and, and there's no other options to choose, it's time for you to move on. It might be an opportunity for you to explore other opportunities outside of where you are. Um, and, and it was, it's great advice. I mean, it was terrific advice, but I definitely didn't sit, you know, kind of like at a, at a diner counter waiting for people to promote me. I, I completely hustled and, and, you know, those are the things that I talk about with my, my coaching clients is that you, you've, you've owned your career, you drive it, you know, you're as a leader, you're supposed to help your, your team out and help them navigate like a GPS, you know, like you're the person that helps them recalculate their route. But, you know, as you're driving your own career, if, you know, those doors stop opening, you've, it's up to you to continue to start figuring out how to open them and it might not be in the same place that where you started. I love that quote, actually. I don't, I do not know. I don't know if we intended it to be a quote. Uh, if the doors stop opening, it's up to you to make sure that you open new doors or that, that, that is well said. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so now moving on to the topic of leadership. And um, before we get into the nitty gritty and your recommendations and advice, um, I've heard everyone I've spoken to give me a different definition of leadership. So I'm curious to know um, if someone stopped you and asked you, what is leadership? How would you respond? Wow, that's a good question. You know, when I think of leadership, I think of um, of of two things. I think of 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 servant leadership, and I think of uh, and and I also think of legacy. And I know that sounds weird because I when I think of you know when you see a leader, you're not like legacy. Like, what are you what are you leaving behind? But you know, when you are a leader in the organization. Um, you're constantly on the spot in the spotlight. You know, everyone is watching what you do, how you react, how you're leading your team, how you're driving the business, how you're driving results. And um, the most important part of a team when you are a leader are your people. And a huge part of that is how you, you know, what kind of positive shadow you're casting on others as you're leading your team. And, um, and that's something that I, I, I focused on as a, as a leader in the organization is, is what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? You know, I want to make sure that my team feels skilled up and prepared and supported. And that's, you know, that's where the servant part comes to, to, to play. So yeah, servant leadership and, and legacy are the two things that really resonate with me when I think of the word leadership. 
That's an interesting answer because you usually don't hear that. Uh, I've heard of servant leadership, but most of the people they would say they would say vision, right? Uh, we need a, a leader is someone who drives his people to do better. Uh, but you mentioned something in your last comment. What type of positive shadow would you leave behind? Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I'd love for you to expand on the whole positive shadow thing. What, what does that mean? You know, I, I I think it's it's one thing to do a job well, and you get you get promoted into a role because you've done the job well. And they're like, hey, you did really well, and so you can lead these people. But I think it's also it's also about being able to to drive results and get um, get re- great results out of people, and that means understanding who your people are and walking the talk, and that means showing up you know, on time or early, that means uh, guarding your words and actions and controlling how you communicate, doing, asking folks to do what you wouldn't be, you would be willing to do yourself. You know, like you, you, you want to be, make sure that you're showing others what you want to see out of them by, by your actions, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so it's one thing to have that title, but it's also another thing to live that title. Um, I, I will not say that I was hatched being a leader. You know, I think I saw a lot of, um, leadership has always been a passion point of mine, but I always see a lot of different leaders that were very successful and and people I admired and, and shamelessly borrowed, um, behaviors or, um, styles from them. But I think that one of the biggest things that I feel like I own inherently is caring for my people, caring for my team. And I need to do that. I need to I need to show that I need to cast that positive shadow. And, and that means honestly caring for yourself too. It's like, you know, you're on an airplane and you've got the oxygen mask. It comes down. You've got to help yourself first before you help others. And so that, that means also casting that positive shadow, you know, showing boundaries, not working like a gazillion thousand hours, you know, a day and, and, and burning yourself out. You really want to make sure that you're showing people what you um, would like for them to reflect. And, and that also means um, walking the talk and, and really honestly uh, showing up every day so that you can be a good representative and example for your team. I think that's an important mindset to have, especially if you're thrust upon a leadership role or you get promoted in a job that involves managing people. Um, uh-huh. it, it reminds me of a meme. I've, I think it was even, uh, I've seen this circulating on the web multiple times where there's an image, or there's one picture on the left where uh, a group of people are pulling a stone and the manager is sitting on the stone and using a whip <laughs> To drive them and, and the right hand side it says leader and the manager is actually the first one pulling mm-hmm. together so going back to your being in the trenches walk the talk mm-hmm. it's not about fear or pulling the web but, but yeah. you as a leader is getting in there and doing the work as well yeah digging in you know because i mean we 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 won't make it out unless we do it together you know I, there's nothing there's nothing worse than being led by somebody who sits in their ivory tower and shouts orders down from above and and leads through fear and intimidation that'll give you short term results 
But if you're willing to get in there and, and, you know, do the extra time, but not in, in excess, you know what I mean? If you've got to do weekends and you've got to, if that's what, if that's what your job requires and that's what the shift work requires, then, you know, you do the weekends. But if it's an anomaly, if it's a rarity, don't make it the norm, make it the exception, right? So it's, it's really digging in. You've got to get your feet and, you know, your hands dirty and, and um, be willing to do that. Yeah. You've got a, you've got a different, um, perspective because you're you're seen as the visionary but the focus is if you're if you don't have that strong foundation of a team understanding their purpose and their and and why they're there and having pride in their team then you're you're going to be dead in the water yeah that's a a great great that's meme to to think about (laughs) no definitely definitely because um it's it's not how people think of leadership uh, everybody wants to get promoted. There's a lot of value yes. that comes with it, but they also want to, okay, I want to promote. Now I'll have this team, but uh, then, mm-hmm. then I will be giving people marching orders, but that's not the reality. That's not the reality where you are also required to be. There. No. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that That's a great point. And now I was hoping to talk about the actionable steps, but I love this conversation right now because we're talking about mindset right mindset and mm-hmm. how you in order to be an effective leader how you reframe leadership in your mind is very important that's what i'm learning mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. um, just to follow up to that so i know you help uh, individuals uh, career professionals they come to you for coaching they come to you for advice on leadership i, I want to talk about this mindset thing because we just spoke about it right now um, mm-hmm. let's say i someone comes to you, they want to become a leader because they see they can do add an impact to the company or the community, mm-hmm. but they have some doubts. Uh, they have some mm. self-limiting limitations or beliefs. What do you recommend? Like, how do you recommend they change that? Because I, I don't think I'm the only one who said that to you before. <laughs> I'm sure you hear that a lot of times. Oh my goodness, hear it. I Sometimes I have them. <laughs> I'm not immune to, to limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. And, um, and that's a huge part of what we work with, you know, when I work with, with, um, with others, you know, and it, it's, 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 it is a mindset. Um, you know, what I would, pro- I would suggest to anyone that's having any negative or limiting beliefs is to start celebrating what you bring to the table. And so what I mean by that is celebrating every success that you have, everything that you, each day that we're, we're, we wake up and we're blessed with another day. It's a day to make a difference. So what are we celebrating? Um, and so every day at seven o'clock, I have an alarm that goes off on my phone and it says, what are you celebrating today? And so I set out some goals for the day. I have some professional goals, you know, some things that I need to accomplish. And then I have some personal goals and some of the personal goals are, are are things that fuel me with my professional. And one of them is, is being grateful a for the day that I've been given, but also what am I celebrating? You know, am I celebrating the abundance that came in? Did I get a new client Did I, um, was I able to help somebody uh, be more successful in uh, in how they view themselves? Did I get a parking spot on the street? You know, living in the city, you've got to get uh, you've got to work hard to get a parking spot on the street. You know, something even as small as that. Did I get a discount? You know, 
today, you know, recording this podcast is going in my celebration journal. So it's what are those things that you're doing to, to celebrate the success of what you brought to the day? What, what are the things that you've achieved? Did you take five minutes out to just be still and breathe and focus on your breathing to, to practice mindfulness and meditation so that you can center yourself? Did you take a walk during that 90 minute long, you know, conference call so that you can work out and get some fitness in and get away from your desk? So celebrating those small successes, I think, helps build that confidence in what you bring to the table, because every day that you are given a gift of making a difference, you are making a difference. So it's time to step back and see what those differences are. Was it getting somebody, you know, on your team to produce a little bit more or, you know, that person who's avoiding work and having that tough conversation with them and, and discussing the impact that their absenteeism has on the business. That's something to celebrate that you have the courage to have that, you know, that critical and crucial conversation with them. You know, those are the things you need to celebrate. You may think that you're just doing your job, but those little things are things that you need to celebrate on a daily basis to keep you motivated and um, keep that mindset going that you are the leader that you need to be. Wow, I, I'm actually going to start doing that from today. Uh, the 7 a.m. ritual for celebrating. Uh, it is so true. I think of myself. I'm always thinking about the things I haven't done, the, the tasks on my to-do list that I haven't completed. Uh, rarely, I think, stop and reflect and celebration. So there, there, that's something I, I, I intend to do. That's that's actually a great thing. What I learned, the lesson here that I learned, Joel, is... is Instead of trying to eliminate your self-limiting beliefs or doubts, try to overcome that with having the celebration ritual. Uh, so instead uh-huh. of just talking about what you're not good at, always try to build your confidence by the celebration, uh, the celebration ritual that you mentioned. Yes, yes. Because then it, it makes you a little bit more stronger and it, it drowns out that negative stuff. Because that negative stuff, those are your self-limiting beliefs. You've got like, I'm reading this great book um, by Gay, Gay, I think his name is Gay Hendricks. I'm like looking at the book right now. Yes, it's Gay Hendricks. It's called The Big Leap. And it's about upper limits, you know, and getting out of your fear, you know, and and some of these things, these stories that we tell ourselves come back from like way back deep down in the, the pit of, of our of our, you know, growing up and how we were raised and stories that our family tells us without even really telling us. Um, and we've just got to get out of our own way. And so it's stepping back and asking your asking yourself, you know, is. If, if you're having that negative belief, you know, I'm a horrible leader and I'm lazy and I don't do anything and I just don't, you know, I'm not going to accomplish anything or, you know, this team's never going to, you know, get out of the, the you know, the pits of, of despair. Those types of things are, are just negative things that you're that you're telling yourself. You've got to ask yourself, is this rooted in reality? Like, is this really true? Like, obviously, you would not be in the position that you have as a leader if people didn't believe that you had the skills and the talent and the drive to do what they hired you to do. Right. So it's, mm. it's you've got to get your get out of your own head and realize, you know what? They hired me to do a good job. They know I can do a good job. I've done a good job. Maybe it need, means I need to reflect back on that celebration journal and see what I've done and track and trend all these things 
but I can do this. I can totally do this. Um, and you'll find that you'll, you're able to talk yourself out of it. Maybe even practicing a mantra, you know, I got this, you know, I remember a client of mine, I was just like, you know, you rock, you, you've got it going on. You've got mad skills. That was her mantra. I've got mad skills. So like that, like it charged her up, you know, it was like her, you know, theme, theme, you know, topic and, and, and way of getting herself charged up. She did have mad skills. She does have mad skills. And so you need to celebrate that. Another key piece of information I got from what he just said is, uh, if someone hires you or promotes you, that means they've already seen that in you. So uh-huh. if, someone else, if someone else trusts that you will do the job, we should stop the negative chatter and do it because uh, uh-huh. I, think th- I think that happens to all of us. Um, but yeah. when you're to do something new or try to become a leader, uh, the people outside of us, I mean, that is people other than us, ourselves, they uh-huh. see more in us than sometimes we see. So that is... Uh, oh, yeah. If that is actually a good lesson, if they hire you, if they promote you, they the, the they believe in you, then you should start doing that for yourself. Right, right. Don't 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 make them want a refund. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just you know, prove it. <laughs> Show your work. You know, get to get to work. And if it means you know getting yourself skilled up and going to extra classes, maybe it means going, you know, and um, shadowing somebody who's in a, on a higher level or spending a little bit more time understanding the policy or, you know, the sales, you know, comp structure, whatever it is, maybe it means you might have to put in a little bit more work to do it. But, you know, one of the people I used to mentor taught me this lesson. She's like, go towards things that scare you. You know, take on those projects that freak you out because those are the things that are going to help you grow and stretch. And um, and I and I think that was a great piece of advice. And, you know, you learn you learn more things from the people that you end up mentoring than the vice versa. Right. So um, even that, you know, throwing yourself into helping other people will help you um, see a little bit more about yourself as well. Mentoring others. You may not think, you know, a lot, but you definitely no more than the person that's trying to come up in the business. And so maybe you can, you know, share and pass that, that, um, those lessons learned on as well. So now we spoke about the mindset and I, I've been taking mm-hmm. notes. Uh, I've been taking yeah. notes. I've been writing things down. This is amazing. Now you mentioned about, uh, you, you mentioned briefly about what are some of the things people can do. And I want to spend the rest of our time talking about that. So let's say you decided to get promoted or you decided to become a leader or uh, what are mm-hmm. some of the actionable steps that a young professional or, or, a, or anyone in, in that, in their shoes do uh, to move ahead with their uh, leadership career? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing is to really truly understand the expectations and objectives of what's been expected of you. You know, like it's one thing to see the job rack and, you know, kind of understand that from the perspective of the hiring manager, but to sit down with your direct manager, leader, associate director, president, whoever it is, whoever's superior, I don't know who, who's above you and find out what those, what the expectations are of performance so that you have an idea, you can get your targets and your goals together and build out your strategy. Um, the second is get to know your team as soon as possible. Um, if you have direct reports set up one-on-ones, um, I also would suggest how, uh, how I like to be coached for them. I used to provide that to my team members and it's just basically a, a small one page, 
um, questionnaire on like, how do I like to be coached? What kind of communication style am I? Do I like to be recognized, you know, in public? Do I like to be recognized in private? Um, what's my uh, frequency of communication? What are my career goals? Those types of things are very important to get to know what makes your team members tick because one size does not fit all when you're coaching them. And when you can develop a relationship, and again, just like you did with your direct um, manager, figuring out what those expectations they have of you and setting those expectations you have of them. So maybe reviewing the performance and appraisal and development form that they're um, they may have in place or setting expectations of how you would like to work with them, um, getting their take on how the team works or has worked if you're just newly adopting them or if they're your peers, you know, that's even an, another, that's a whole nother podcast of how to, how to work with peers of yours. Um, but, you know, get to understand your team and how they work um, so that that's, that's really critical. So the, the closer you are with understanding how the team ticks, and um, getting folks together and collaborating and making sure that you guys work together for that common goal um, is, is key. Also, um, understanding your business partners. You know, when you get into your role and you're supporting different clients, figure out who they are. Meet with them. Introduce, reintroduce yourself, you know, because most of the time if you're promoted, an announcement may be made. Sometimes an announcement isn't made. But reintroduce yourself. Set up a one-on-one -on -one with each client to talk about what their needs are, where they are, instead of from an assumptive perspective, really get to know and understand what makes them tick, how they like to work, um, and, and getting to know uh, what their needs are of the business so that you can execute on their, their goals and their, their um, desires as well. Um, it doesn't stop. Your interview does not stop as soon as you get the job. Um, people are continuously looking at you under a microscope and it's so important as a new leader, you know, how you react to things. And, um, another thing is to remember that this isn't, it's, it's don't get too comfortable. This isn't the last stop. You know, what's your plan? How, you know, where does this fall in your plan? And if you have a, if you haven't, you should create a 30, 60, 90 day plan of how you want to um, execute on the, the needs of the organization and the business and making sure that you communicate that with your team and with your leadership. So it's, it's really kind of getting your act together and, mm -hmm. and getting to know who your players are and really getting to know them from, a, not from a fakey, like, hi, I'm your new leader and blah, blah. No, but for real, like this is, you're my team. This is how we're, we're only going to be able to be best if we work together. How are we going to do that? And connecting and communicating often, um, hiding behind your desk and, oh, I'm too busy. I'm trying to learn my new role. That is not going to win you favor with your team or with your, um, with your clients. You got to get in there and just jump in there and, um, and hit the ground running with just getting to know the people that make, make things work. Uh, so one thing I learned from your last answer is expectations is like your game plan or roadmap because uh, you can mm -hmm. work work backwards. If if most times they will give you, sometimes they may not. So it's better to understand right. what is expected of you. And you're right. And I think that is uh, the microscope uh, analogy is so true. Um, when people start in a new role, they are being watched, especially in a leadership sure. position. Uh, so that's why having a 30, 60, 90 day plan will help them with that. Mm -hmm. 
and it keeps you on track, you know, I mean, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in, oh my goodness, we've got this deadline and we've got to do this, but you know, to refer, you know, go back and refer back to this and say, okay, are we on task here? Like, are we really doing what we need to do? to get, you know, um, off the ground, you know, it could be, you know, you may have, you walked into a morale issue and you might need to try to work on building up your team's morale or, um, the, the, the image that your team may be having, you know, um, I had, I had a team that had, um, a bit of a, an image problem, a branding issue. And so we had to kind of work on rebranding what that was, but I had to get to know who my team was first before we went out like gangbusters to say, here's who we are. Um, and here's what we have to offer. So it's just, you know, coming up with that strategy and making sure that you're on task um, will help you stay on target, too. And it makes you look more organized, right? You know, here you are, a leader of a new team, and now you're, like, kind of just using the spaghetti method and throwing, you know, throwing whatever the issue is on the wall and seeing what sticks. That's not going to be um, very successful for long. You, you can't keep that up for a long period of time. you got to have a plan and and be able to uh, revisit that plan and keep keep track of it. You know, I had I was really OCD when I was a leader. I had a log. I had a log of quarterly accomplishments, color coded to the to the goals of the of the organization and what I was being measured against, and my performance appraisal and and metrics and who I was mentoring and what classes I took and taught and what my team members did from an accomplishment standpoint. I had that Excel spreadsheet open every day. Yes, that's how obsessed with making sure my team was like on track that I was. Um, and I don't suggest, you know, I mean, you do what works for you and that worked for me so that people could say, Hey, what's Jane doing? And I could say, Oh, she just, you know, executed this fantastic presentation on, you know, with our leadership on X, Y, and Z date. And they're like, Oh wow. She's really connected to her team and to the business. So it helped me. But use what helps you, you know, have some type of guideline or roadmap or something that you can utilize so that you look like you know what you're doing and you actually do. <laughs> oh, trust me, that is, I don't think there's anything wrong with being OCD. I, I, I measure everything. Uh, and like I, I sometimes say to people, Microsoft Excel, like I love it so much. If it was a person, I would marry it. <laughs> it's, and and even though it looks from the outside like OCD, it helps you stay organized. Mm-hmm. And pe- pe- people do not have to use that. They, there's software out there. I've seen people using a notebook, whatever works. Mm-hmm. But the lesson here is if you don't measure it, like Peter Drucker says, if you don't track something, nothing, what gets tracked, gets measured, gets improved. Um, so if you don't track and measure it, it won't get improved. So no mm-hmm. matter what, use it. Uh, no matter what method, just use something, right? Something. Yep. Use something. I mean, because there's nothing worse than getting caught out there and you're at like a an ops review or something and you're meeting with higher level leadership and they're like, so how's everything going? And you're like, it's good. You know, like that doesn't work at that level. It's good doesn't work for them. They want to hear results. They want to hear percentages, increases, decreases, whatever it is. What's the metric behind it? You know, we were able to get 29% of our population into this class before, you know, before the deadline or whatever it is. Whatever your metrics are, you should be able to speak to that high level at a moment's notice. So know your business. You've got to be able to speak to it like, you know, as a reflex. 
So, um, keeping track of that stuff really helps, you know, and if you don't know, ask, you know, if you know somebody who's like a super awesome metrics person, maybe leveraging the people on your team, you might have that one person on your team that loves numbers and loves measuring results. Let them be the SME, you know, let them be the subject matter expert on the team and do the work that you, you know, the, the grind of, of figuring out the uh, results for you, you know, leverage the talent that you have and make, make, you know, make the team work for you and work for you. I mean, you meaning all of you so that you guys can all be successful. You know, it's not just about you as, as a leader, but it is about the team looking good. So, you know, this could be an opportunity for you to help develop and, and get somebody in a stretch assignment um, and rise up, you know, maybe those potential leaders that are on your team that may want your job. You know, because there's always somebody who wanted your job. <laughs> so maybe you utilizing that um, those opportunities to help them grow and develop too. Okay. So now I wanted to ask you a question that I've sourced from the audience. Um, this is a question I think it's I like it as well. So uh, here's a question. Um, so let's say you're, you're promoted, you are in a middle management or a managerial position, uh, or even you're a leader or a CEO of a company. Uh, how do you balance the vision that you have for the team or the company or the department with uh, keeping your subordinates or the people working for you happy? Mm. Wow, that's really tough because there's a lot of times where you get things from top down and you're just like, ah, how am I going to get this you know, across and make it uh, palatable for the, the, the team that's working for you. I think the biggest thing is to ask yourself, what's in it for them? Like, what are they getting out of this? What are the benefits that could be a result of this initiative or this directive? So come up with a communication plan that, that helps them understand what's in it for them. Because really when, whenever you're communicating with any kind of audience, whether it's your team or like, you know, a general audience, You've got to share what, what's in it for them. What's the value? What are the benefits um, to them? And then also, what's the impact to the business? Well, why, why did the business decide this? Yeah, it's going to mean, you know, it could be, I, I remember we had to increase our training hours. And so we had to do more with less. How are we going to do that? You know, what, how is this going to benefit the business in the long run? Why was this decision made? So explaining the why. So understanding the why from, from your perspective and being able to communicate it to your team because they're going to want to know the why. And that also helps position things a lot better. And also, you know, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a point for you to bash the organization. So you've got to remember like, Oh, you know, this is just the way it works. You know, this is, you know, and coming from a negative perspective, but kind of trying to reframe it and to look at an opportunity for, for them to rise to the challenge. Um, remembering and reflecting back to the past successes of the team and what they've already accomplished. Remember when, you know, last quarter we were tasked with something similar or even twice as challenging and we rocked it. Well, this is where we're going to be tasked to, to stretch a little bit further. And I know that you can do it, you know, and just recapping those successes and celebrating again, remembering those successes to show that they were able to succeed in the past. And then, and then laying it out, here's the plan, you know, this is what's in it for you. This is what you're going to get out of it. Let's, let's think about this, asking the team, how are we going to get through this? What do you think some solutions would be, um, to get, get, you know, this, this initiative off the ground? 
I'm looking to you as subject matter experts and putting, putting the decision and the solution making into their hands as well. Because a lot of, you know, the directives that come from top down, it's like, do this, and that's what you need to do. But maybe there's some, some, some more creative solutions to getting it done. And that, that magic comes from leveraging the, 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 the intelligence and the knowledge and skills of your team. Um, so, so really coming from a place of collaboration instead of condemnation, you know, like, oh, there we go. You know, the top hats are doing it again. You know, like that's not where it's at. But being realistic and understanding that, you know, and being, being realistic and, and, and talking about the fact that it is a challenge. Um, I think that that's important because that shows your human side, right? So it's saying, you know, this is tough. I know this is going to be tough. I don't, I don't really like having to discuss this either, keeping it real from that part, part of the direct messaging, but also really incorporating your team in the solutions of, of trying to make this better and, and initiating it because it is what it is. It's, but, a, but a very wise friend says it's also, it is what you make it right. So um, this is where we are. How are we going to, how are we going to fix this together? That's an excellent answer. So it's based on uh, your goal is to balance the news with also putting a, a positive spin uh, on yeah. What's in it for them? What's in it for the people yeah. working for you? If they do this, if they if they go mm-hmm. out and spend more time, if they are pushed to do learn new skills, what's in it for them? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's actually an excellent answer. So thanks for sharing that. Thanks. Uh, the last question I have is more of a personal question for you, um, since you are. Someone who has been in leadership positions for a while, uh, you teach people about leadership. I wanted to ask you, uh, if I were to ask you for one person who you think emulates leadership best, uh, it could be anyone, who would that be? Uh, a simple, a simpler way to reframe that question, who's, who's your favorite leader of all times? Wow, there's so many. Um, <laughs> no, it's hard to choose. You know, <laughs> I've been thinking about I've been thinking a lot about um, about this um, when when you when you inter- when you invited me to do this and um, I would like to say and I know this is going to sound super sappy but I would like to say that my mother um, has been an extremely amazing um, example of leadership um, you know I I think that. A leader is somebody who really digs in and um, and cares about their team, almost like their family. And I learned, um, I mean, there were a lot of nights, you know, countless nights or, or long weekends that she would work um, with her team and developing and driving them and, and, um, and, and leading them to success. And I remember sitting at her retirement party, she was, she was a... Uh, she's a therapist for 40 years, you know, working in the community and 40 years worth of people sitting around at this retirement party and talking about how, um, she motivated and inspired and cared about the people that she worked with for 40 years and you do what you love. And, um, she, she taught me about, you know, uh, being selfless and leaving that legacy of leadership behind just doing what you love. If you do what you love and you acknowledge the people that you work with along the way, you can be super successful. And, um, yeah, she's, she's just an amazing role model. 
that uh, that goes back to the legacy you mentioned, right? Like when after mm-hmm. 40 years, people are sitting there and they are commemorating and celebrating you. There you go. That's the yeah. legacy thing that you mentioned at the beginning of the call. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's actually a great lesson for anyone listening is what is the impact? Don't think short term, think long term, how you want to build your leadership. What impact do you want to have? Mm-hmm. All right. So we are uh, coming to the end of our interview. Uh, before we wrap up, Joel, any last words, anything that, anything that you'd like to share with the audience? I think my, my final last words are take care of yourself. Um, I think a lot of the hustle and the bustle, we get mixed up in all of the demands and the needs of the business and the needs of your team, but you cannot help anybody until you help yourself. And that means really taking care of yourself. I'm actually writing a book um, um, called, called Rise from the Ashes of Burnout. And it talks about self-care. And it's so, so important um, that as you're driving your career and climbing that ladder and shattering the ceiling and whatever it is that you're doing, hopefully not stabbing anyone in the back as you get there, but I think as you're pulling people up, take care of yourself. That means taking vacation that's accruing, you know, don't don't wait until, you know, it's, it's to a place where, you know, you're burned out and you're, you know, in the hospital or, or having uh, migraines or insomnia. That's, those are, that's chronic stress talking and you're no good to yourself or your team when you're burned out and wiped out. So take time out, remember what fun was and do it. You know, if it means going to an amusement park or spending time with your kids or your husband or, or playing with your pets or gardening, whatever that was or looked like, if you can't remember, it means that you need to recapture that. So just take care of yourselves, get your sleep, eat right, drink water, walk around, get that, get moving. Um, but really, really take care of yourselves and be well. That's the one thing that I would ask Every leader, you know, you don't have to be a people leader in order to be a leader. You, anybody who's driving their career, you've got to take care of yourself. That's an excellent wrap up right there. And I think that's, uh, that's like an evergreen, timeless wisdom, right? Uh, it, it starts with, if you don't take care of yourself, if you're sleep deprived, if you're unhappy, then how can you lead yourself and others? So mm-hmm. that's a great, excellent way to wrap up the interview. Thanks, Joelle. Thanks. It was a ple- it was a pleasure having you. I one thing I love uh, doing uh, doing these interviews is sometimes I like get to sit back and I get to learn. I love learning, so I <laughs> found this very useful as well. So we all appreciate your uh, sharing your insights. Uh, excellent interview. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I appreciate it. You are definitely welcome. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis Podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview uh, with uh, some additional resources that Joel has shared. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a review or a comment. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this episode among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.